0: You are listening to News & Views, the Quinns podcast series where we introduce you to some of the greatest minds across different fields through in-depth interviews. This is Sadhika Tiwari, and I am in conversation with Nuhash Omayu, the writer, director and producer of Moshari, which is the first Bangladeshi short film to qualify for the Oscars. Hi Nuhash, thank you for speaking with us. How does it feel that you had such, I mean, it was your brainchild essentially uh, for this to become the first Bangladeshi film to look at the Oscars now?
1: Um, I think, honestly, it's incredible. Um, when we were making Moshari, we honestly had no idea it would go this far. In fact, so many people told us that uh, horror fantasy film from Bangladesh don't even bother sending this to film festivals. People were really confused by what it was going to be or what potential it had. So to me, to this day, I'm just thankful that people got to see it. I thought, honestly, I thought, wow, is is this even worth finishing? Do I just get rid of it? So there was a lot of anxiety in the process of making it. So now to see it um, in Variety's Oscar prediction list, to see it become the first Oscar qualifying film from Bangladesh, it's all honestly so overwhelmingly amazing.
0: I'm sure, I'm sure. So what what was the genesis of this idea? Essentially, when did, and I'm sure it must have started with something completely different and then probably over the time and over the with, with process, it became what it became. So I just want to know the entire journey. What was the first idea? Where did it, where was it born? And then what is the final shape sort of, what, what was it very different uh, from the final shape that it took eventually?
1: Well, Honestly, um, I'm 30 years old now. The idea came to me when I was a lot younger. I think I was about 13 years old, and I think my ideas were generally crazier, weirder, wilder when I was young. And I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to tap into my inner child and find, um, you know, those ideas that I had that I didn't honestly have the capacity to make at that time, obviously. Um, so I think one of the main ideas was the mosheri, the mosquito net. It's something. You know um we're so familiar with in south asia and parts of east asia in africa because we have so many mosquitoes in these tropical regions and i always thought i always imagined when sleeping under a mosquito net i imagined something scary to be on the other side of the bed like outside of the net i imagined what if there was a dark shadow what if there was a monster there and i would get really scared and at the same time i would um I'd feel safe inside the mosheri, but I'd also feel a little suffocated inside it as well. And I thought that's kind of the perfect metaphor for family because our families, you know, families protect us. Yet sometimes they suffocate us. Sometimes it's too much. And that was really the emotional genesis of the idea of to sort of craft this very South Asian, very culturally rooted horror movie mythology that doesn't exist before. And another idea for sort of the bigger world was just, um, you know, we always see in a movies, like I grew up on Hollywood movies, I grew up on sort of Russian sci-fi movies, and I always thought, okay, how come it's always, New York that's getting destroyed, or London. And those are always the parts of the world that's focused on the major cities, quote unquote. Mm. Uh, and I thought, what's happening in Bangladesh when it's the end of the world, when there's something apocalyptic? What if the solution to mankind, what if the survivors were in a small town in Bangladesh? What does that film look like? And that that idea felt exciting, it felt empowering. Um, And I, and I thought it was crazy enough to work. And it turns out so many people Connected to the genesis of that idea,
0: correct, correct. Also, how was your childhood? Uh, what was it like growing up? Uh, where did you spend a large part of your uh, childhood? And and sort of, what is your relationship with the Bangladesh that some that that we see in the film?
1: Well, um, you know, I grew up in Bangladesh my entire life. I've always lived here. Um, My father uh, was a writer and a filmmaker. My mother's a poet and she was a teacher as well. So I have the privilege of growing up around great art and great film. And I think that's the biggest privilege you can have. Um, I watched some excellent films with my father. I like sort of was inspired to make films because of my mother. So my family played a big part in my upbringing. But at the same time in the films that I was seeing, I thought that um, you know, I would see all these exciting films and think, why don't we have that in Bangladesh? I always felt like a disconnect with the films that I wanted to see from here and the things that were being made. And the more I grew up, um, I realized that the disconnect was getting bigger and bigger or maybe I just didn't realize it when I was younger. Like I grew up loving um, Spielberg movies. And then I saw this movie called Munich where someone said this line where, oh, there's enough food on the table to feed Bangladesh. And then that felt so weird because that was the first time I heard my country's name in a film, but it was in such a strange kind of negative context um, that they were like talking about poverty and we were the first example. And it's not that I had a grudge against the filmmakers or something, I just realized that no one is ever going to do a good job in representing us. No one. No one's going to bother. It has to be us. It has to come from me or it's going to be no one. So that kind of became like a kind of a mission of mine to just try to do something different, just try to show the Bangladesh that I know or just try to make something up completely new that doesn't exist before. Um, and I thought that genre cinema is a great way to explore that because genre is honestly... It's kind of the new universal language. Everyone knows what a horror film is. Everyone knows what a Western is. So the language, the boundaries or the barriers, all those break down when you kind of tap into genre, I feel.
0: Mm, That's very interesting. So uh, essentially, climate change is something as a concept, especially for the Global South. Uh, The Global South has one of the most vulnerable countries to climate change in the world. Bangladesh happens to be one of those. it's, it's the, the sort of threat that we are already, uh, I mean, extreme weather events have already begun and the impacts are not far-fetched anymore. We're already seeing it in, in sort of, it's a piecemeal uh, situation right now. But eventually we know how bad it's going to get. Uh, how did it, how do you see, I mean, where did that come from? So in your understanding, when you look at your country, when... How did that? How did climate change become a part of the story, or was it always a part of the story, and you just decided to shift the lens a little?
1: Right. I would say that. Um, so, I worked for a lot of INGOs here. I've made documentaries um, about climate change. I've worked with climate change. Another uh, producer on the project uh, was Rashad. He works for UNICEF and he works for the UN. And what we realized was the narrative around climate change around the world it kind of focuses on on the west a little bit right it's kind of white the kind of global narrative on climate change and we thought it's very different coming from bangladesh it's very different from the people who are affected by it because you know in the global south especially in bangladesh we are one of the most affected by climate change, yet we are also one of the least culpable, uh, the least responsible for its effects. And I think there's a palpable irony in that, that we didn't cause this necessarily, um, oversimplifying it, but sure, yet we are so affected by it because the people, especially women, children uh, in the coastal regions of Bangladesh, they're not... Climate change isn't something that's coming soon. It's something that's already here. It's affecting them. It's affecting their lives. It's, um, It's basically some of these people have no access to water, some of these people are um, experiencing like um, floods and cyclones and all these unnatural weather events that didn't exist a couple of years ago. And I thought, we're not really going through climate change, it's climate resilience. And I thought that that was an important narrative to bring to the table. So that was always an underlying theme for majority. But at the same time, the other thing we didn't want, because We've made uh, so many documentaries, again, as I've said before, about climate change and realized sometimes people don't want to see a movie when it's just when they know what it's about. Like you don't want to go and watch, oh, it's the climate change movie. So I think it was really important to have multiple narratives. Yes, there's a climate angle, an environmental angle. There's also a post-colonial angle. It's also just a story about two sisters and a family and their journey. So I think having those layers is really important because sometimes in trying to have a message in your films, It ends up not being entertaining. At the end of the day, you know, I know that not a lot of people want to hear facts or stories or numbers about climate change, but they want to see a scary movie. They want to see a fun time at the theater. So it was important to weave all those things in, but also keep the emotion and the fun and the genre of it intact, because I think that's where a lot of these movies fail. They just kind of become documentaries in the name of fiction. And we wanted to avoid that trope a little bit. Correct,
0: correct. Also, within Bangladesh, do you feel there is a lack of sort of political awareness or politicization of climate change? Uh, I mean, it's not a political issue. There is some will to act on it, maybe, but people also need to. It has to become a part of election manifestos. And you think uh, especially movies like yours, when people watch things like these and see themselves and then they're like, yeah, exactly. That's that that that's that's us, and that's a problem. And somebody else should fix it. And politically, people are responsible for fixing it. So at least within the nation, do you feel it'll it'll help sort of contribute to that political will?
1: Um, yes, I think that's really important, not just in Bangladesh, but it needs to be uh I think globally, we need to hear more from Parts of the world like Bangladesh uh, and the global South who are most affected by it. I think that's really important because I don't think, um, like, creating a conversation around climate change in Bangladesh alone can um, make enough of a uh, difference globally. Again, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm, I'm just an artist. So for me, it comes from a place of. Um, I'm afraid of, honestly, losing my people, losing my culture, losing my home um, uh, as this gets uh, worse and worse, not that it's already not uh, really bad. So um, I think arts could be a great way to create those conversations, but it definitely needs to end up being something that is, you know, um, actionable uh, politically. And I don't know you know i don't know how how much of a difference you know all the climate conferences are making cuz i've seen like a lot of mixed debates on that too like is that are those helpful is that just noise um sometimes is it just kind of um larger than life so yeah there's so many uh, there's so many ways to see it and all i can do from my little position as an artist is um to try to create um stories around it
0: correct correct also i mean like you said uh, a lot of a lot of The content that we see on climate change is very, and especially see the thing is that an IPCC report, for instance, can come and tell you that it's really bad, or the next 10 years are going to be absolutely, I mean, this is going to happen in 2050, and then it still won't move us as much as maybe watching a don't look up will. Right. Uh, Right. So that's the sort of impact cinema has. And all of that is mostly Western, like you correctly pointed. So like we see at at, at COP27, the biggest sort of climate change conferences that just concluded, uh, the conversation is still stuck at, we are historical polluters, but we won't do much. The Global North is, I mean, we're still, and in fact, a lot of push at the conference was to move the conversation away from uh, uh historical emitters to largest emitters and how maybe it's a shared responsibility or largely for the global north to sort of in ways and and means to just sort of move away from their responsibility of having done this and 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 and, do, and not look at what is happening because of climate change in countries like bangladesh so do you think that um especially now if Moshari goes to the Oscars, it's something that has not been seen before, or it's something that will that'll, that'll make some bit of a difference? Or was is that your intention? I mean, is that wishful thinking on your behalf? Do you hope it does?
1: Yes, that is, um, you know, that is wishful thinking. That is the goal. That is the ambition. Um, when Moshari premiered at South by Southwest. Uh, Climate change because I said that look, you're seeing this film, it seems like it's about the end of the world. You might think it's about COVID, it's not. When we made it, we were thinking about the perils of climate change in the global south. And I gave a little speech about that uh, at the end of the film, and it got a really uh, great response. The audience really connected to it because I ended it by saying, I know, I know not everyone wants to hear a speech about climate change. That's why we made a scary movie instead. And um, I would love to, you know, ideally I would love to be able to say some conversion of that at the Oscars. You know, I would love to uh, be able to present the film at more places and also to talk about these issues. And I think that, you know, the thing Moshari does, you know, even in the opening couple of minutes is it, uh, it talks about the West. It kind of uh, puts uh, it kind of puts things into perspective for the people here, and I think that's important because when I grew up, I I grew up on cartoons like um, Captain Planet, and there were all these like environmentally sort of charged cartoons that I grew up with, mm. and they all kind of had the same message, which was you can save the planet. It's on you, just like turn off your light bulb when you're getting out, blah blah blah. It was the perspective was oh. The world is in ruins, but it's your fault. You individually have to make the difference. Okay. But then that is kind of a capitalistic um, thing that's being pushed onto us, that was being pushed onto us for a while. The real narrative is some people are more responsible. Some nations and some corporations actually have a large, much larger chunk of the responsibility they're, you know, the largest emitters, as you put it, versus the others. So it's not, oh, it's everyone's problem and everyone's equally responsible. We need to be unapologetically, um like, sort of pointing the finger where it needs to be pointed. And I think films like Mosheri aren't afraid to do that. And I think we need more. I love Don't Look Up, but I also think we need more uh, films from other parts of the world, not just from the West, that address that so that the narrative over. We're all globally changed because for the, for the longest time, I believe that, oh, it's my fault that the world is in ruins because I didn't turn off a, a light bulb when I was a kid. But, you know, I think the newer generation of children even need to have that ingrained that, no, uh, the world and how certain places have more impact, uh, that does change things, if that makes sense.
0: That That's beautiful, Noorash. In fact, more power to you. And uh, do you feel so, as the writer, director, and producer, this is pretty much entirely created by you? So, in the future, what wh- what is the work that you're looking at? Um, is a lot of your work henceforth going to be focused around uh, the place you grew up in, your country, uh, issues like climate change, or 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 largely issues that are, or I mean. This, this sort of blend between personal and something so large and political and international and so big and yet so personal. And 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 you know, especially like you said, as a child, you would be inside the mosquito net and you would, these are your personal fears. So I mean, is it going to be a blend? What 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 is your work going to look like in the future? At least, and are there things that you're currently working on?
1: Um, yes, in fact. Um, so there is a potential feature version of Moshari that I'm trying to develop. So really excited about that. And at the same time, um, I'm working on my first feature. It's called Moving Bangladesh. It is a story about the first startup from Bangladesh called Patao, and their journey. And it's sort of about the tech revolution in the tech revolution happening in our part of the world, which a lot of people also don't know about. Mm. Going forward, I love story that are personal and political at the same time, in a a sense, because I think um, certain political things are very hard to make personal. And I like that challenge as a storyteller. How can you take these sort of larger than life things and then put a face to it, put an emotion to it? Um, But also, you know, have escapism and love and heart and action and fun and comedy and horror because you need those things as well. Um, You need escapism in cinema as well. And I think that's an important blend to have because a lot of the times when I was a kid, I would, um, you know, I'd watch an adventure movie or an Indiana Jones or a superhero movie and that would be um, sort of how I found solace. So yeah, I'd also love to tap into those aspects of the psyche as well. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a journey, and I'm just excited to find um, issues and themes and personal sort of identifiers that connect with me, and try to keep my sort of country and my home in the DNA of whatever I make.
0: Yeah, that's in fact very exciting for us as well. Can you tell us a little more about uh, Mushari, the feature? How's it going to look? Well, uh, there's not
1: much to say no, no, no at the moment. What I do understand is there's a lot of uh, love for the short and a lot of interest in expanding the world. But if it does happen and build on the world, I want to make it smaller and Uh, do a deeper dive into the themes, into the relationships, and uh, into the core of that story. So, yeah, I'm really excited about potentially exploring that. So, wish me luck.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. All the luck, all the luck, and all the power to you. And I absolutely love the short film, and I'm sure all of our uh, listeners would too. If you could tell them a little about where is it available, uh, where can they watch it? Sure.
1: So, Moshari is... available on Vimeo and YouTube. So Moshari, that's M-O-S-H-A-R-I. You can just do a uh, Google search and it should come up on your YouTube or Vimeo. I would recommend Vimeo. And also we have a website, mosharimovie.com. So you can go check it out there as well.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Rohash, for speaking with us. Um, This was absolutely uh, wonderful. And like I said, all the luck and more power to you.
1: Thank you so much, Sadika. This was such an insightful, thoughtful conversation.
0: And that was this episode of News and Views with Nuhash Humayu. Follow us on Instagram at The Quint and tell us what you want us to talk about next week. And check out our website, thequint.com, for more groundbreaking reports and videos. This was Sadhika Tiwari and I'll see you in the next one. Also, our new podcast series from our colleagues at The Quint Hindi Eza. To check it out, go to Quint Hindi's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. News & Views is a Quint original podcast executive produced by Shelly Valia and Ritu Kapoor. This episode was hosted by Sadiqa Tiwari, produced and edited by Anjali Palod. It uses the theme music from BMG Production Music. And a special thanks to our guest, Nuhash Mayu. Until next time, bye-bye. You were listening to The Quint's Podcast.